Dudes, ladies, guys, everyone. Here's the thing. Heath, are you ser- are you being serious right now? Because I'm, I'm being serious, serious right now. I'm, I'm dead serious. All right, I need serious Heath. This I'm, is serious Sid. I'm serious. I'm ready. All right, because, man, the, here's the thing. I got to tell you. I got to tell the people listening. It's a post-COVID world. Lots has changed. Lots like, has changed. the world looks different today. And the agency has to stay relevant, has to stay competitive, has to be a little different. Yeah, I think we have to stay ahead of the game. We have to stay ahead of what's coming. We have to know what's next. So how do we do that? We got to be a connected agency. Ooh, what does that mean? I don't know. We got to get into it, though. Oh, let's go, baby. Welcome to the VIP podcast. Season three. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the VIP podcast. I'm super excited. You're here hanging out with us today because we've got my good friend David Watson here hanging out with us from South Carolina. He's with Mappus, and he's also got uh, a little company called Risk Advisor that's making a big splash in the industry, and I can't wait to talk to him about that. Welcome to the show, David Watson. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Um, so those who weren't here earlier, we had a little bit of technical difficulties this morning. So David's been super patient with me, and I really appreciate that. And uh, it's been you know a long time. You've been sitting there waiting. So I'm going to get you started and jump off with tell a little bit about who David Watson is. For those who don't know, go back as far as you want and then take me up to now. We can kind of you know get into it from there. I know uh, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm uh, starting our uh, in the middle of year twelve in the insurance industry. Oh, wow. uh, early on in my in my career, I spent some time at uh, some of the the big nationals. Uh, jumped around a little bit and uh, ended up uh, starting a scratch agency in uh, 2016, uh, Blue Lake Insurance. And uh, on the agency side, I'm currently uh, merged that in with uh, Mappus Insurance out of Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, um, where. Uh, where I'm at now. And then also, as you mentioned on the risk advisor side as well. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you, you know, catching us up a little bit. And so, uh, South Carolina, first of all, uh, I hear there's some nice golf out there. I, I see you've got a master's, you know, jacket on. Have you been to the masters and do you play a lot of golf? Yeah. So, uh, was able to go to, uh, the masters in, uh, 2019, um, kind of a last minute situation, got a call from one of our carriers that they had a spot open up and they knew that we were close and, uh, we were good partners with them. So they, uh, it's funny from my front door on a normal day, I can get to the front gates of the masters in probably 45 minutes. Uh, but when they called us up, they're like, hey, we know you're close, but do we need to charter a flight for you to get you there on time and things like that? Tell and me you like, said yes. I immediately, I immediately said no. And looking back, oh. I'm like, yes, it would have taken longer, but I should have taken advantage of that opportunity because I don't know if I'll ever get that one again. Dude. But uh, no, I, I, I didn't think that one through. Uh, but then, <laughs> um, and then uh, last year, my dad won t- uh, uh, Monday practice round tickets. So got to go back last year. Oh, that is amazing. So is it as beautiful yeah. as it looks on TV? It, it, I've been to some other courses and yeah. some other like PGA tournaments. And those are ones where I'm like, man, it's a great experience to go once. Um, if it, if it's not a major, I'll probably not make a big deal about going, going to another one, just watch it on TV. I enjoy like being able to watch yeah. everything masters. 
it like I will just go just to watch, like just walk around and just spend spend my day. Like when we went last year, because I had like the full day there, literally just walked the course. It was yeah. raining, but it was still beautiful. Um, and it, it is phenomenal. I'll go awesome. any chance I get, I'll go. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I've always wanted to go, never have been. So I had to, to ask you about that with the jacket on. No, so, absolutely. um, all right. So getting back into insurance, cause we are on, uh, yep. the, the vertical insurance podcast. I did want to talk to you a little bit about, okay. So all this month, uh, we are talking about the customer journey, the customer experience, and starting off scratch, you know, you said 17, right? When you 2016, yep. 2016, starting off scratch was, you know, having that set up in the beginning, was that something that was important to you? Um, having that customer lifecycle, the journey, the process, the procedures, was that something that was crucial to you in the beginning? Yeah. So we, when I first got started, I spent, spent a lot of time um, uh, going through that. Uh, probably honestly a little too much time on that and not <laughs> right. time on actually selling insurance, which I think is a trap that um, young agency owners or first time business owners can uh, sometimes fall into. Um, but it, it, regardless of, of that, it, it, it's absolutely important to have that um, built out um, early on because there's no easier time to build a repeatable process than when it's just you and you're not having to coach somebody else to follow the processes that you put in place. You're only having to coach yourself. And so um, that's one of the biggest things you'll see when when a great agency or a great one person show starts to hire. That's what can kill success and kill because um, they, they might be a great producer with good agency owner skills, but if they're not getting out in front of it, that can be an issue. But it, it, it was one of those things that I spent a lot of time on making sure that um, it, it it was a way for me to set myself apart. Yeah. And so I would imagine, and that's got to be something that in the, in the beginning, it'd probably be easy as you bring people on to abandon some of those. If you get complacent, you get, if someone comes in with prior experience or they're green and they're like, oh, we could do it this way better. But is that one of those things you had to stay diligent on? Yeah. So my, my journey with that was an interesting situation um, because it, my started scratch in 2016 merged into Mapis in 2018. And part of the reason that conversation started was because of what I was doing with technology and automation. And so I went from the only person with Blue Lake um, May 31st, 2016 or 2018 to June 1st, 2018 going in as a, a partner in an agency that had at that time, uh, 12 to 13 employees. Oh, wow. Okay. And so not only was I the new guy that nobody knew, um, but then also, Hey, he's going to start helping, uh, build these processes, enhance what we currently have going on. And so started putting into, into, uh, affect these different things. So it, it, it wasn't the situation where you go from like one to two, I was like, okay, I'm going one to 13. Yeah. And, um, but it, it was a good learning experience because it was a situation where you had to, it was really important to sell the the vision of it. It wasn't just, hey, it's just me. Now I'm hiring somebody. You're going to do it this way or you're not going to do it at all. It was, hey, I'm the new guy, but I've got to figure out a way to share this vision that makes sense for adoption. So when you started off in the beginning with these processes and procedures, were they, do you start 
with aiming those at making, you know, aiming them towards the customer experience, customer journey, or more at the internal focus of how to make your life easier? Or is it kind of a combination of the both? Yeah, I mean, I don't, very early on when I started looking into technology inside of an insurance agency, because I went from a company that had a doll space system to mm. starting my independent agency. So <laughs> yeah. it was a very big, big jump there. But um, one thing very early on that was always important to me was if technology does not enhance the client relationship, then it has no place in your agency. Boom. And with that, that doesn't always mean that the technology that you're implementing is client facing. It, it could mean and uh, should mean a lot of times that it makes your, your team's job easier, more efficient. So that way they don't have to focus on clicking a button. They can focus on having a conversation or whatever it might be. So, when I started looking at that, there was a lot that was client facing, especially as a one person show. Um, and then, but there was all two. Um, it was a situation where um, it was, hey, we've got some great team members, especially on the sales side. How can we start taking that to the next level? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it totally does. And so when you talk about using automations and using the technology to enhance the customer experience, you know, define that for the audience from David Watson's standpoint. What does that look like, you know, to use that kind of stuff to enhance the customer journey? Yeah, so a lot of times it's setting the expectations. Um, I I hear a lot in conversations, and it's definitely true to a certain extent of, man, if you're not returning a quote within an hour or two, then you've already lost. And you, if you reach out to Mapis to get a quote, if it's um, if it's the standard type of deal, we're promising that you're going to get that quote back within 24 hours. But if it's a high net worth or private client situation or a little bit hairy of a homeowner situation, like on the coast or uh, on the beach or something like that, we set the expectation up front that, Hey, this might be a 24 to 72 hour deal. And what we've kind of figured out from there is, Hey, as long as you're honest and follow through with the expectations that you set, the time thing is not as big of a deal as we make it out to be. It's more so setting those expectations, communicating throughout the the wait, and then delivering on those expectations. For um, what I've kind of set up in the past is having it set up to where, like, we send out the quote to a virtual assistant or a wholesale broker based on our agency. And when we get like, hey, we've sent this out to them. Just wanted to let you know, keep you updated. By the way, this is an automated email, but I really wanted to kind of just keep you updated on the process. And people will respond back to that email, thanking us so much for that. I was like, in the email, it clearly states this is automated, but they just appreciate being updated. I love that. And I was going to ask you about, so you were intentional in making sure that the email let them know ahead of time, this is automated. However, you know, I do have, you know, humans working on this. We're getting this working on yeah. the background, things like that. And that works pretty well then if they know up front. And you're not hiding yep. it. You're not trying to mask it or trying to make yourself look better by doing this. You're just letting them know, hey, this is just our way of letting you know we are working on it. Yeah, exactly. It, it, when I started building those out, like if it's from one of our producers, it's coming from them, their email signature, all that. But it, when I started thinking through it, I was like, you know what? Let's not try to make this feel like, oh, I'm, I'm this great person because I'm sending you a manual email that I just got off the phone with you and sent this over to the virtual assistant, or I just re received it back from the wholesale broker. Let's just, Hey, let's be transparent and just let them know. But 
let's do it automatically and let them in on that secret. Because one, it, it keeps it up to date. You don't have to worry about tone or things like that. But then two, it lets them know that you're a technology-driven agency, which is important for uh, for some people. So that way it sets the expectation of what they can kind of expect post-sale as well. Yeah. So when you talk about technology in your agency as it stands right now, um, we believe at Vertifor that the core of your tech stack is your CRM and your AMS. And then everything else out from there, you know, kind of feeds into that, helps you with that life cycle or your employee retention or your this or your that or just making life easier. First of all, would you agree with that? And second of all, could you tell me, you know, what's your tech stack looking from the CRM and the agency management system? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so um, we're on agency Zoom on the CRM side, uh, QQ Catalyst okay. on the uh, AMS side. Um, and I, I do believe that. It's one of those things where you look at the systems and platforms that your your team members are on uh, are inside of every single day. Having ones that um, are easy to use, look good. Um, the, I think something that's commonly overlooked is as the insurance industry gets younger, UI and UX is that much more important because you look at it. And I think we talked about this um, when we got together uh, last week or the week before, like the current generation that's moving into the insurance industry or really has been it moving into it for the last four or five years is all over the phone. Yeah. And good UI UX um, is extremely important to them because that's all they've ever known. They really haven't grown up on the DOS systems or things that look terrible. And so when it comes to the the user experience, we're talking about the client experience, but that's also the user experience as well. If it's not easy to use or easy to understand, then it's not going to be something that's going to be scalable because it, it, the people, the the type of talent that you're getting in are yeah. going to be willing to use it. Now, that being said, okay, so if we walk through, if you don't mind, you know, if we walk through yep. your, your customer's journey uh, or... Yep. UX, CX, whichever two initials you want to use. I mean, I think they're all kind of interchangeable in a little bit there. But if you're walking through that, so they reach out for a quote, you're given the expectation. We started off there. You know, they get you know, 24 hours over the high net worth. That might change a little. And you get the email. And so uh, what happens from there? Do they get, like, did you set that up in Zoom to do what goes from there? How's that work, if you don't mind? Yeah, so um, the first thing it, it is if they call in, they're yeah. going to um, one of our service team or one of our virtual assistants is going to take in their basic information. Okay. Um, and so normally it looks like name, email, phone number, address. Uh, can we text you? And how did you hear about us? Um, and what that does is that generates through Zapier a notification in our Slack system. Um, we've got a uh, leads to assign channel. And what that does is we take a look at it. I don't round robin. Um, I don't just automatically distribute. I look at the characteristics of what the the risk is that's coming in and um, then decide based on workload, but then also the level of the producer, um, what who should work this, this account. Like if it's a $4 million house, I don't want that going to the new hire um, just because a round robin setup or something like that. Uh, so we assign that through Slack um, and then it automatically updates in agency zoom, which then, um, notifies the producer, Hey, we've got this, uh, you've got this new lead, go ahead and reach out. 
And what I've called, what I've coached them to do is that automatically adds the basic details into risk advisor. And before they call, um, before they call the client, they pull up risk advisor, uh, use some of the data pre-fill and some of those things there. And they're figuring out as much as they can about this person's home, looking through the most recent Zillow listing to see, Hey man, you've got such a nice kitchen. I love, love that countertop or whatever it is. But it, it's as simple as if someone calls me and they're saying the difference between, hey, it look, um, I'm showing that your house has 2,800 square feet, uh, two-story, um, roof looks great, uh, love that kitchen versus, hey, how many square feet is in your Exactly, house? yeah. What, like, what type of roof do you have? It, it, the, yep. the difference in quality, the difference in professionalism is it's so, so easy to go down the path of being better, but it's so often overlooked because people are like, oh, I got a lead. I got to call them. I got to ask these questions right away or they're going to go to somebody else. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where people just kind of been conditioned that way that these um, internet leads or whatever it is, hey, I've got to be so quick that I skip over the important details, which is building a rapport with that client. A hundred percent. Phone call. And that's what we believe, you know, at Vertifor, the technology is there to do, to help you enhance your relationships. You know, we want to help you to power that and to do better at that and to be able to focus on that instead of, you know, what's the age of the roof? What's the square yep. footage? You know, do you have updated plumbing? Do you have updated that? And it's like, you could spend your time doing so much more things. Like you said earlier, uh, you've got a beautiful kitchen, love those updates. You know, did you, da, 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 da. you know, it's, it's wonderful to be able to do it that way. I got to rewind you a minute, skirt, because there was yep. something in there you brought up that I thought was super interesting. You base instead of a round robin, you look at their workload and look at you know some of the characteristics. Is that where the reports come in from QQ or from your AMS to be able to say, you know, or how do you figure out their workload? How do you is that where that comes from, or how do you do that? Yeah, it's a combination of Slack and. Uh, agency zoom so okay. the first easy thing to look at is if we haven't had a ton of uh activity which thankfully isn't too often but what we can do is i've, I've set it up to where like if you've ever reacted to something in uh, slack or teams you've got like the middle little emojis or whatever so i've set up custom ones where it's the the headshot of each producer and so i can quickly look back at the last week or so and see hey i've sent three leads to Jesse sent four to Brooks sent two to Savannah. Um, all right, let's send this next one to Savannah. Um, but if it's one of those things where we're getting 2025 in a week, I'm also then going to look, Hey, what are the stages and agency zoom looking like? Yeah. Let's make sure that we're not over like someone's over, uh, overworked or in a situation where, they're not going to be able to get to it as quick as somebody else um, or it's, things are going to fall through the cracks. Uh, so um, kind of use that as a combination there. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking, you know, cause a lot of agencies will pull up their QQ or their AMS 360 or Sajida or whatever. And they might look at the, you know, activities report and see, or like, you know, task and see who's overdue, who's behind, you know, but you're yep. going more to Zoom for that, which is still, you know, uh, I'm sure very effective for you. And, and I like that idea of being able to do it that way. And so um, you talked about the stages in your Zoom setup. And so those that are looking at that, a lot of people ask me when I talk to them, 
you know, how many stages should I set up? What should I do on that? Some people have four, some people have seven, some people have three, you know, if you don't mind, can you pull the curtain back to tell me, you know, what that looks like for you? Is it, you know, as simple as two or three, or is it pretty complicated for you guys? Yeah, for our main pipeline, it's honestly the ones that uh, come out of the box um, from uh, from awesome. agency Zoom. Yeah, um, I I personally have a separate pipeline um, that's a little bit more in depth uh, for for myself. Um, but the the main reasoning behind that is it, it's great. I'm a little off the trend, maybe where you look at it and you've got producers who um there's obviously exceptions to the rules but you've got producers who normally are really really good on the phone really good at chasing the sale not really that that great at following up on the details of okay this person needs to be in this stage or this stage or one of 15 stages at the exact time they're always great at moving it to that sold stage as soon as they can <laughs> you want to get paid some of the other things and i don't really see that as a detriment I see that as a um, just kind of understanding that right person, right seat. And so like we're currently in this process of building it out a little bit more in depth. And one of the things that we're going to use is using it to where virtual assistants are helping them in that on automatically keeping things updated. So that way we can take advantage of more of those lifecycle automations on the per stage level. Um, and really excited about some of the things we've got going on there. That's where we're going to dive even deeper on um, on uh, a per producer level and really, really love the fact of what the flexibility that we're going to have inside of it because of what all the, the enhancements that have been happening on the lifecycle automation st uh, stage are set up. But uh, it, it, it always the first thing you need to look at when you're looking at that is what can what can be coached? Hey, this is part of your role and it makes sense as part of their role and what can you track and what can you um, make sure that is being done but hey am i just implementing a bunch of stages because that's what everybody like is out there saying but only three of the 16 are actually be using or if they're using all of them is it actually keeping them from making sales and making sure that you're not introducing busy work just to do it right but to enhance getting the clients to become or getting the prospects to become clients. Yeah, I totally get it. You know, and that's one of the things that I try to teach a lot as well. And so I love that you do that because you don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to do those kind of things just to do it. And, you know, yep. you don't have to buy certain technologies just because everybody else is doing it. Whatever works for your agency, it works for your uh, your producers, your CSRs, your account managers, whatever, you know, that's what you should focus on. And so I'm glad that you said that. I think that's a good takeaway. And so one of the other questions I wanted to get into is for you, and maybe you can give a takeaway to the audience listening is what would you say is the number one, you know, or I say number one, but one of the top reasons, you know, that sets you apart at MAPIS or sets your agency apart when it comes to customer lifecycle, you know, as opposed to the 18 other agencies down the road. Yeah, so a big thing for us is we all know that pricing is important, right? But it, it's it's not the focus of our conversation. Um, one of the biggest things that we believe in is the power of a conversation. Um, so 
the, I've mentioned the risk advisor and you mentioned it at the front end. That's really what I built risk advisor for inside of Mapis when we first started with it. And now even scaled it beyond that for other agencies as well is the power of that conversation, the power of building rapport, the, when you, when you focus on having that conversation with the prospect, digging into the details, asking questions that the 18 agencies down the road aren't asking, right. you immediately set yourself up as the professional. And yes, there's gonna be people who all they really care about is the cheapest and the quickest. Well, there's also plenty of people out there that if you actually ask the questions are actually concerned about the value and the difference of, hey, we've got value, we've got price, let's find the happy median. And what um, what we've done with the risk advisor side of things and what we've done with our process is we want to make sure that you have been presented with the options and you understand the options in a way that you can make an educated decision. And if that's simple as, hey, you've shown me you know what you're talking about, so I'm going to trust you to make like you you tell me what I need and I'll go with it or, hey, I'm presenting you with what I think is the best option. Let's refine that. Let's, uh, uh, oh, you want to save a little bit? Now, do we want to go with a higher deductible? We want to lower it a little bit. What makes the most sense for you? Um, so it, in in the digital age, as a tech founder, it's funny because I am talk more about the conversation than I do the technology or the relationship or the rapport. But in the digital age, not forgetting that it's so important to build rapport with your clients on the new business side which then automatically transitions over to when it comes time for that first, second, third renewal is so important for agencies. Yeah. And using that technology to enhance that is the purpose of it. Yeah. I I love that answer. And I think that's fantastic because that's exactly what the technology should be used for is developing that relationship, enhancing that relationship. And so uh, and I'm glad that you brought that up and I'm glad you brought up risk advisor again, because I, everywhere I turn now I hear risk advisor. So kudos to you on that. And, you. uh, you know, it's again, you're doing a great job on your marketing, I guess, but I think it's also because the product's so great. And I think that people are, are falling in love with what you're doing and those that are using it have seen a major difference and impact in their agency. So, you know, if you, I would love for you to kind of give a, an overview of, you know, what, what are you guys doing over there at Risk Advisor? Yep. You know, you've brought up some things. You've teased it a little bit. Just kind of give us a little bit of background on, on some of that. Maybe talk about what you're doing now. Um, you know, feel free to talk about, you know, anything new you got going on. Just give me a little bit on that. Yeah, so oh, really what we're helping out with is the guided conversation and the process that flows with that. Um, everybody talks about having a, a set process or um, different ways to, to do something inside their agency, but – on the front end, we're helping guide that uh, that conversational process that whether you've been writing insurance for two days or 20 years is going to prompt you with what to ask, when to ask it, to guide it to the end result, which is getting what you need for the quote or for the pro- the quoting process. Um, so it's a lot of if then than that, but making it where literally if someone gets stuck, all they have to do is read off the next question and it's going to be part of the, the, the conversational flow. But then on the back end, because you've connected, you've gathered this, uh, you've had that rapport building conversation that leads you to have the data that you need in the way that you need it. 
Um, we also make it really simple um, to send that over to your CRM. We have a direct integration with Agency Zoo. Uh, send it over to your raters. We have a um, direct integration with PL Rating. Um, and then also, because they're they're becoming they're already popular, but they're becoming even more popular, um, making it really easy to hand that off for the next process to your virtual assistant. Um, one of the biggest things when it comes to implementing a virtual assistant, same as any other team member, is having that process where they can receive it in a structured way, whether it's from you or Joe down the, um, down the hall, they're getting that data, that, that, um, information, that quote information in the same process every single time. So that way they can just turn, turn those quotes out as quick as possible. And then, um, same thing for wholesale brokers, um, so on and so on. So front end really conversational process that collects the data and enables you to collect the data in a very clean fashion. And then on the back end, the second side of it is distributing that to where you have one point of entry for all your different systems that you're using. Wow. Um, and that sounds amazing. I love the fact you brought that up with the virtual assistants, because I think that's a, a crucial part of it as well. And I think no matter what the language barrier might be, that technology translates to you know the Philippines, Mexico, wherever you're getting your your Dominican Republic, wherever you're getting your virtual assistants. And so, and I've noticed working with virtual assistants, a lot of them are better on technology than I am, or than some of your uh, your staff are. And so, for them to be able to just jump right in, and that just got to make yeah. the training that much easier and quicker as well, get them up to date and speed on what you're doing in your agency. Yeah, one of the things we are very intentional about is uh, majority of these virtual assistants, the countries they come from, one, they know they're working with an American, and it's very important to them to make uh, their boss happy. They'll, yeah. they'll, most of them will always call you boss, hey boss, yep. things like that. And so it's very important for them to make you happy, which is great. But then two, the downside sometimes is if you send over a sheet, an intake sheet, whether it's a fillable PDF or trick and scratch notes or whatever it is, and there's 25 questions on this, this intake sheet, but only 10 of them are answered. They're one, they're not going to take most of the time they can be trained out of this. Or if you've got a super high level one, this is obviously the exception, but most of the time what we found is you have 15 questions. Yes. They're going to, that are not answered. They're going to try to go find them, a little bit, but they don't want to make a mistake. So they're going to ask you for more information because right. you left that, that blank. So one of the things we are very intentional with is what you send over to them is complete. Whether that means, Hey, you did a complete submission and there's literally nothing else that could have been sent, which is there's always more, but if it's not answered or if it's not relevant, we don't show them that, that blank question oh, wow. on, on what we send over to them. So that way it removes that barrier of, oh my gosh, there's not, I don't know the answer to this. What am I going to yeah. do? It allows them to focus on the complete answers and the complete information in the way that they're going to be able to consume it and use it. And they, yeah. And then they can get that back as, you know, as quick as possible. And you can continue on yep. with your customer life cycle we were talking about and getting those expectations met. And so uh, this has been uh, a great conversation and I from what I'm understanding from you if I break down in simple terms because I have to do that I'm in Arkansas I'm not in South Carolina where the smart people are but <laughs> you know your definition in working in uh, customer experience customer journey comes down to expectations and relationship yep um, and using technology to enhance both of those yeah you asked asked earlier about 
how to t- set yourself apart from yeah. 18 agencies down the street. We live in a world where two of the things that are most often broken are expectations and relationships. 100%. We live in a broken world. I won't go too deep down that path, but it, when, when you live in a place and it's the, it's the expect the expectation now is for you to not follow through on expectations and to try not to build an actual relationship with someone or build rapport with someone. Yeah. So it, the easiest way to set yourself apart is to follow through on your expectations and to build rapport with someone when they're, we're, they're not used to getting that from anyone else in a service industry. Dude, uh, that so well said. Um, I may have to end on that note. I, I truly appreciate uh, you coming in. Uh, uh, thank you for spending time with us. Audience, thank you for, for jumping in, hanging out with me and David Watson. And uh, David, if you'll let them know, if they wanted to get in touch with you about Risk Advisor, if you'll give them that real quick before I sign us off. Absolutely. So um, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at David at riskadvisor.insure. If you're just wanting to follow along, LinkedIn is going to be the most professional setting. Facebook, a little bit of a mixture. If you want to take uh, listen to bad sports takes in addition to technology, Twitter is <laughs> the best place, or X, excuse me. Um, right. But if you just want to reach out, David at riskadvisor.insure. Thank you again, and, and thank you guys for joining us. Season three, we have gotten us kicked off. We are in the middle of our month of customer experience. Stay with us as we continue in this conversation, and uh, join us uh, next week. Subscribe, you know, go to our, our LinkedIn, like what we've got going on there, and check us out on YouTube, and find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next one. Well, that was a great episode. Amazing. It was an amazing episode. I really enjoyed that content. Guys, if you enjoyed that content and you want more of it, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Nah, dude. You got to tell them to crush it. Crush that subscribe button, guys. All right. Whether you want to crush it, smash it, hit it. Bop it? Sure. We could bop it. Either way, guys, we don't want you to miss another episode. We enjoy spending time with you, the VIP. Yeah. We'll see you next week.